Welcome to the Being Well podcast. I'm Jan Orman. In this podcast series, we've invited people we know and admire to tell you their stories. My name's Paula Kotovich. So my name is Craig Sample. Evie Rader. Molly Shorthouse. My name's Percy Knight. I was a career detective in the New South Wales Police Force. I identify as a trans woman. I am a remote doctor in East Arnhem Land. These are people who may not have made the headlines, but whose stories are just as worthy of your attention as those you hear about in the media. Living with cancer. I was struggling with PTSD for eight or nine years. I just had a lot of fear. I was well and truly burnt out. These are people who have flourished and met life's challenges while managing their social and emotional well-being. Uh, my career now uh, is as a mental health advocate and educator. I led a team that negotiated a $22 million native title. It definitely taught me in my life a lot of persistence and gave me a lot of strength. We're hoping you'll find something in these stories to inspire you, whatever your situation right now. I want to introduce you to Shahida, a young woman whose family fled Afghanistan more than a decade ago. They spent many years in transit in India, but finally arrived in Australia as recent refugees. Shahida's story is difficult to hear, and unfortunately all too common. But through it all, Shahida has found ways to flourish. Hi, my name is Shahida Haidari. I'm originally from Afghanistan. Salam, I'm Shahida Haidari. I'm from Afghanistan. I'm from Australia. I came to Australia three years ago, but before that, I was living in India as a refugee. I was living in Australia. But now I am studying and I am in my second year of university studying Bachelor of Business. So I am originally from um, Ghazni, which is a province in Afghanistan that used to be the capital of Afghanistan before Kabul. You know, as you know, Afghanistan is not a safe place anymore. It is a country of war and a lot of persecution and terrorists. And um, we moved because my dad was already in Australia. He came here to bring us all together. Um, and growing up, we, ne- we never really uh, lived with my dad, especially myself as a older sibling. Um, and that's why my dad wanted our family to reunite after a long time. Um, and Afghanistan wasn't safe anymore as well. So he just um, wanted us to come here. And that's why we left um, for a better future and seeking safety and security. Uh, my dad has been in Australia for over 10 years now. Uh, he came here by boat. So it was a very different journey than mine. But um, uh, when he arrived here, he um, started our application to get us here. And it took us more than like 10 years as well to get here. So when my dad was like really young and around ages of 15 or 16, he had to like leave school and just go over overseas or on a board to work 
and like any work to provide for his parents or his family. And since then, he has always been like away from that, from his family. And when I was born as well, um, I had to live with my grandparents um, while my parents uh, or my siblings and my mom were in Kabul. I was in Ghazni because I had started school there. So I studied um, from year one to year nine in um, Ghazni in a village called Jaguri. Um, and um, after uh, year nine, my family needed me in Kabul because my mom was very sick. Um, she had done a um, couple of operations and my siblings were little. So I had to go and reunite with my own family um, because they needed me in terms of helping them with everything, basically. Um, and that's why I had to leave Jaguri or Ghazni for Kabul. And I went to Kabul and for one year I didn't go to school at all because um, my I had to be there and help my mom, my siblings, 24-7. And that's how my first year went. And my in my second year of being living with my family in Kabul, I started uh, high school again. I started from um, year 9, and I studied year 9 and year 10 both in Kabul. After year 10, like I didn't even get my results. I, I just had done my last examinations that we left for India. We left Kabul. And I don't even remember if I passed that or not. <laughs> Me, my mom and my sister and my brother, as well as two of my aunties, we all left um, together for India. We traveled by plane and it was like two hours of trip. But when we got to India, we were so happy that, you know, we we're safe finally. Um, although, you know, as we left there, we realized there, they, this place has its own challenges. And we really realized that it's not just as it, there are many more refugees that um, have come here from Afghanistan. And uh, we were actually living in a very poor region of India called New Delhi. And there's like, New Delhi has many regions and we were in a poor region because uh, we struggled a lot to settle. And actually, we never settled in India. We were always moving around. Um, and then we really struggled mainly in communication with those people. They couldn't speak my language or English. And I, the only language that we could communicate was body language, you know, they, they have a really strong body language. <laughs> and, um, and that's how we survived, actually, all those until we, we learned Hindi. Um, so when we were in India, there was like, uh, we had to get like our permanent residency, which was through a card that could guarantee us that we can stay here and without them sending us back. We got that within like, um, a month of arriving in India we were the lucky ones because that that's really hard to get for other people um, and after two years we finally got our Australian visa and then um, and that's how we came like um, we traveled we were on plane for 24 hours straight and we got in Sydney <laughs> and met my dad um, when we got to Sydney, it was the best day of our lives. I can never forget that feeling because, um, you know, as I said, we never really had a chance to, you know, to be a family and be with my father. 
and it was something that it was a feeling that you know I thought that everything ended like we are together after this uh, we are a family like um and I'm we, we can finally feel like what is a family what is it like to be there for each other all the time it's like someone is always there for you and uh, we're together through thick and thin like um in person close it, we were together before but it was like um you couldn't feel it um every time that i would see like another girl with their father or mom i would feel so jealous and it would make me so emotional that when is it gonna happen to me and i'm going I'm, i'm just getting older and i'm not seeing my dad um and it is really it is a blessing to be with them it's a blessing to be a family Um well although arriving in Australia was like a very happy uh process a very something um that we all needed and we were waiting for for a very long time and uh, I also thought that all of my problems and you know challenges are gone now because I am with my family I am in a country that is safe I have my freedom and I can you know do anything here like study and work that I couldn't do back in my home um but as I left I there were more challenging challenges that were coming to me when we arrived here like there we didn't know anyone people live very far from each other in here like people that we knew um and in my neighborhood even in my country neighbors are very close we go out we talk to each other we invite each other we always communicate but in here uh, it was so quiet in my neighbor and we still don't talk with a lot of them but that was something very different like culturally and we when we arrived here it was already the ending of the year um it was in september so there was no school that we could go to at that point but there was another um institution like iec which is an english intensive language language center for new arrivals in australia um i went there for only one term for my english they sent me straight to high school in year 11 <laughs> and that was like a huge shock for me because i did not study for like 2 years before that and you know you, you can totally forget everything and because i had a lot of other challenges that i couldn't even think of studying and remembering all of the things that i had studies studied um but in here like attending um year 11 going to high school was the start the start of all of my other problems and challenges because that's the first thing that we did in here um before that we had like quite a fun time but when i started high school um it's the school study system was so different like in my country i used to be um you know number one in the class always outgoing and the popular kid the smart kid um but in here i totally felt left out all the time and it's because of the study system is so different and also 
Um, I did not have friends. My school was like 99.9% of Australian born. <laughs> and the only one that I knew was like a couple of um, people that I met from my own country in IUC and they were there as well. But still like in my classes, we were separate and everyone had someone to talk to and I was alone. Um, it was really difficult. It's like you're disconnected from the world and you're just by your own. Um, and the reason that I did I couldn't find a friend as well is because of my language barrier. Uh, I tried to have friends. I talked to some people, but I had to repeat myself all the time. They would ask me like, pardon, can you please repeat that? I was like, this is really frustrating, you know, my accent. Like learning English is another thing, but learning Australian English is another thing. I really struggled because of that for like, my whole high school, especially in year 11, because I failed my subjects, like majority of them. But the good thing with here was that, um, you know, if you fail a class, you don't have to repeat it. But in my country, you have to repeat until you pass. And that's something that I was happy. I was like, it's okay, I can do well in year 12. Um, and also, and that was the year, high school was the year in year 11 that I realized and I learned about mental health as well. And I um, found out that how much I was struggling with my own mental health that I had no idea. The first time ever that I um, learned about mental health like or mental health concept was when I was in year 11. I was totally alone, even though I had few people to talk to, but I still felt so left out and disconnected. And um, I always wanted to be on my own at that point. I didn't want anyone to come and talk to me. Um, I remember like during lunch and recess time, I would go to the library behind the bookshelves and hide myself and turn off my phone, like silent my phone that no one can, you know, find me here. And I would say, feel safe there. And even without that, like uh, in the house, I, I had a lot of like, anger issues I was really um always there was something inside me that I was like didn't let me to be happy and I always wanted to stay in my bedroom I didn't want to get up and go to school it was so bad that at that point everyone was telling me that why are you being like this and I thought that there were really something wrong with me at that point but uh, you know the only thing um in those situations um, that you have is your phone and that's something that I had and I was always on my phone going through you know pay, my social media but one day I decided to you know write what I was feeling in, in google and that's how things came up like I saw mental health and I saw like depression anxiety I went you know there are pages where people come and write their stories how they found out and that's how I started to relate with them like so much that it was like a relief for me. <laughs> I thought that, you know, I, I, I know that what is happening to me right now. Finding, um, you know, informations and learning about mental health online really meant a lot for me because that's that was the time that I finally discovered that you know, this is something that I'm feeling. There's a lot of people out there that they're feeling the same way, and it's just that. Um, I did not know about it and now I c it's possible for me to find people that are close to me who feel this way and I can you know I can take it from there um, I was 
I felt relieved. I felt like there is help for me. I felt like um, there's not things wrong with my with me, but with my feelings and my emotions. Um, and and I guess that was like something that helped me. You know, you know, reading people's stories online really. Um, how they have been, you know, struggling and how they have been seeking help and how help, help, <laughs> seeking the help has helped them to overcome that uh, experience or struggle. And that really inspired me and empowered me to do the same, like just try it out at least. Um, with the reason that I did not know anything about mental health when I was like 18 at that time, it's because of how it is like um, a stigma. It's like, it's something that in my culture, people don't talk about it much. And I never heard people talk about it. I, the only word that I remember hearing people when they were feeling in a way like sad or um, they have like um, angry and all those feelings is like crazy. Like she's being crazy or he's being crazy. Um, that's the only thing that I ever remember. And other than that, I never really have anyone that I, you know, even in schools, they don't teach you about mental health in my schools that I, I was, I was there. Um, and it is a huge issue. It's a big issue in my culture or my community. Um, and even people who go through mental health issues, who, who are experiencing like mental health issues, they don't know what, what's wrong with them. They think that they are being um, wrong or their personality is not good. They're trying, they're starting to doubt themselves um, and they, they actually never realize that it is something natural or it is mental health. Um, and that's why, because I never heard of this word and didn't even know that what it is. When I found out about mental health and I knew that I have enough knowledge about it and I knew that um, I have some of the symptoms, uh, one of the things that I did, I was brave enough to do, was to speak to someone. I, you know, took an appointment or, or I made an appointment with one of the most trusted people that I trusted at that time and I went there and I shared it with her and it turned out that she had the same experience as me and she went to through the recovery journey and all of that that's how she guided me like gave me a bunch of numbers and addresses to go and seek for help um, and um, for example I used to um, see the psychology like in once in two months or once in three months which is another story because you know when you need when you really need someone there is no one to talk to and you know it, with psychologists you have to book an appointment and and on, on the day of your appointment you're feeling absolutely fine and they start talking to you and it's just you don't feel like talking at that time so it wasn't really helpful um, and I guess the, something that helped me the most was just talking about it with someone. Yeah, simple as that. <laughs> Some of the services and organizations that have helped me, it's just the organizations that do like other things in the community. Like one of the organizations that I was a part of and I got here called Seed West Multicultural Services. And they just provide a range of different services for new arrivals. And mental health 
you know, talking about mental health, mental health based events was one of them. Um, and through the talks of other people, also, I was able to learn about it. It, it you know, someone who speak of their own experiences, like personal stories are really powerful in terms of like empowering others and encouraging others to do what is best for them and to especially in seeking help. And also through them, I found out about other services like online services, online counseling, although it, it is like, it's, it doesn't work for everyone, but there's like, uh, I found this phone number, this number that I could call at any time and they pick up really like quickly. They talk to you without even asking your name and just talk, talk to you like what is, what is happening. You just share your feelings with them and it makes you feel much better. And that is something, when I found out about it, I was so amazed because I was like, I don't need to talk to anyone now. I can just talk to a stranger. <laughs> and sometimes like a stranger can make you so much, feel so much better than someone who's like, you know, close to you. And it's not a good listener. So these are some of the services that I have access to. There are many more, but I choose not to access to because, you know, I learned how to like try to manage it myself but I do it when it, it when it gets bad like when it, it's like um it's out of my control uh something that I have learned experiencing with mental health is that you know you have to be there for yourself a lot of the times uh even though like anything that you're going through you think that there is like no one else experiencing that or it is something so new even that is normal you know um and talking you know seeking for help is not like seeking for help is not bad seeking for help is not something like you should feel shameful about because in my culture um if you go to someone and talk to them and be like you know i'm being i'm feeling this way and i think i need help you, this is, there's a, a lot of possibility that you get, you know, shameful comments on that. And it is okay to seek for help, to talk to people. It is okay to feel like whatever you're feeling. And another important thing that I have learned is that having a strong community or a strong support system or someone to be there for you is so important. And for people like whoever you're close with, try to be like really true to them, like try to be a good listener because sometimes all you need is just someone who listens to you, not even like, um, you know, admitting or um, agreeing with you, but just listening to you until like you're done. <laughs> and then um, you don't always need advices, I don't know, um, directions. You just need someone to be there and who really want to listen to you. Um, well, things that I do to, you know, manage or keep my mental health in my control. Like I have tried many things. I have tried visiting psychology and talking to people, which is, it, which is a good thing. But if you don't do it for yourself, like I do take time off when it gets very overwhelming, either it's work or studies. I get um, times off for myself, just go for a walk 
and reflections, um, uh, you know, spending time with people that I love, people that makes me feel happy and good about myself. And those are the things that are really important. They seem like things like ordinary things, like things that not does not affect you much, but they they are the main thing. One of the other things that I do to manage my mental health is, you know, managing my social media. <laughs> that is something that a lot of young people are struggling with. Even like people that are not, you know, being active, like posting on social media, but they're still always scrolling and watching other people. And that is, they, they don't know, but it affects them so much, just like it was affecting me. Um... Another thing that I do to keep my mental health stable is um, trying to do an activity that is like fun and also physically. Um, I try to do activities that are, you know, make you physically active as well. Um, and I'm also um, kind of like a writer. I have been writing my whole life, like, you know, poems, stories, whatever you feel on the paper. Um, and yeah, I do write my feelings down, like whatever I feel, I write it into words and it's kind of like freeing myself, empty. It, it really makes me so relieved as well. Um, and another thing that I do is reading. I read a lot of books. I love reading and um, spending time with my family again. And I uh, actually eating as well. I love eating. I just eat whatever that I feel like eating, you know, food. <laughs> um, and, you know, drinking lots of water as well. So one of the challenges that are there for my community when it comes to mental health is then, first of all, the lack of knowledge in the community and um, a, being like a lot of stigmas around mental health as well. Uh, people are having, you know, the fear of judgment um, as well as, you know, not a very supportive environment, not having a very supportive environment like for everyone. Um, no, not everyone have a supportive environment. People barely talk about it. You know, there's not enough talks. But it, although it is getting better because of youth is speaking up, youth like myself, we're having like programs and people coming over and talk about mental health to raise awareness. But also like people don't believe in the term mental health. They think it does not exist. And especially they think that young people, it's impossible that they struggle with it because young people have the happiest life. You know, they're always happy. They're always going out with their friends. Um, and I think if you don't talk about it, if you don't believe in it, there's a lot more issues that come with it. Like if someone is from your family is struggling with it, it's like very less likely they're going to share it with anyone or even, even like with, with, um, their friends, because they know that it, you're not going to understand them. There's not enough people that understand that mental health is a real thing. It's like physical health another issue is that when someone who is struggling with mental health and they you know um, put everything together to go out there and to speak to someone and when they talk about it they open up it, it you know it is surprising because people who um, they open up to they are not really supportive enough um, they make fun of it 
or don't take it serious or makes jokes around it, which is which makes it even worse. Another issue is the stigmas that are, that are around mental health and the fear of judgment from the from the people when you you know, especially when you share your experience with them or when you if you talk about it. Because I at the beginning. I used to talk about mental health on my social media a lot. And because my social media, there's a lot of people from my culture, it they wouldn't care much. They wouldn't say like, they would just ignore it. But now they're getting better. It's getting, you know, people starting, they came, starting to make conversations. Um, and another thing, you know, some people, you know, when someone have like societal thoughts, in my community and community like mine, like like mine, people think that you know you should not feel like that. You should not have that thought because it is a sin, and that feeling of the fear, you know, who people who struggle with it, it it doesn't let them to ever speak to anyone about it, and that like really lets led them to doing that. Um, whatever that is going on in their minds because they think that it is not valid to have those thoughts so yeah there are a lot of stigmas and negative comments and talks around mental health um, in my community um, well the most important things that can help uh, mental health in my community is normalizing um, mental health just like you normalize physical health and other health problems um, and it, normalizing um, someone who talks about it normalizing people who who experiencing this not in a way that make them look that it is not a big deal but in a way that make them comfortable and confident in being there and experiencing that and also being more supportive towards people in the community um, and you know, if someone in the community is able to provide some sort of services that can link these people to other services that they need, that would be like a great help because I, I can see there are lack of um, having those um, services as well or um, something that, you know, guides you through your journey. Uh, when I was like really young, like my whole life, I have been really active. Even in, when I was in a village, if there was any event in the community, I would be the first one that was there. <laughs> and specifically when it comes to like public speaking, I was always there. People knew me. And that's how like that interest really, it, it still existed in me when I got here. So, and when I found out about community through, you know, words of mouth from my friends and other people I decided to go there and I got involved and through that I have been volunteering in uh, things that are mental health based as well like people that come and talk about their experiences I would go and watch them and um, there were workshops that ran for us and to learn about mental health in general and as well as programs there was this leadership and advocacy program that I did for six months, um, which was all about advocacy and um, leadership. I did that and I developed this project about mental health, everything that I had learned. 
like some of the solutions that we can have in in improving youth's mental health. Um, I did that project and it was so successful that like he was sharing everywhere, like communities. And that was like my first step in actually becoming an advocate and speaking about it publicly. There is a huge community of um, Hazaras in Australia, especially in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, and yeah, in um, Western Sydney, I live in Western Sydney, so there is like um, young people have come together and have built these little communities and sometimes we are collaborating with each, with each other. I, I am a part of one of them, which is called Saba. Saba means tomorrow and it's like, yeah, uh, and it's the name of the little organizations that we have, and we um, we have events like to you know give awards for Hazara graduates and for the youth that have been really working hard in Australia and have achieved something, um, and also we are expanding our work. And we are having, you know, one of the things that we are planning to do, which I'm a part of as well, we want to have these Saba socials, which means bringing, you know, having these events to bring Hazara uh, young people together to network and um, find friends, build relationships so that they're not alone, especially when they're new here, which is something very exciting because it didn't exist before. I, I believe that like if I came here and Sabo Group existed, which apparently it did, but I wasn't aware, if I knew that it existed and I could you know go there and they, they would have like programs and events like that for me, I think I wouldn't suffer so much. I would have been through so much like... You know, I could I wasn't lost if I had that, if I knew that. Um, what I'm going to do after uni? So right now I am just studying my second year of university life. I did my first year online and I'm just hoping for it, you know, to go back to face-to-face -to -face so that I can actually experience that I am in university. Um, and after uni, I want to have, like, one of my big dreams is um, to have a community, like, I want to create a community myself that any type of support is available in, in it. Like, even if it's not in it, I want it for people, you know, no matter how they're feeling or no matter what, type of um, job they're doing or uh, even if it's not mental health or another thing I want them to feel welcome to, co to come there and to find their support something like that I'm still trying to you know build up that idea but it is like I want to I you know I love community community is everything it has given me everything and I want to give back by creating another community <laughs> for everyone to be welcomed and to be connected with whatever they need. And also, um, I want to have, you know, I, I have a refugee background and I want to be able to, you know, have a fund, fundraising of my own to support those refugees who are stuck over there. They can't go home. They can't go, you know, they, their future is not... They don't have a future, basically. Uh, I want to be able to support them in as much as I can. Um, yeah, these two are just some of my dreams. 
you for listening. If there's been anything in this podcast that you found distressing, don't forget to talk to your usual support person or call Lifeline on 131114. And if you'd like to hear more in the Being Well podcast series, you can find it on the Black Dog Institute website.